Hello and welcome to the Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers. Thank you for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this week uh, is going to be a little bit different. As you know, I've been uh, talking to you thus far about the Mass Casualty Commission, public inquiries and that sort of thing. The Mass Casualty Commission is on something of a public hiatus now for a few months until after Christmas when uh, public hearings are set to begin late January, early February. So instead of that, I thought uh, I would use um, the advantage of uh, my, my independent status to talk to you about some other issues. And there's something that came up this week during one of the provincial uh, COVID briefings, uh, which I thought uh, would probably uh, benefit from a little bit of uh, flushing out. And that was the issue of the uh, vaccine status of our judiciary. Our judges vaccinated, uh, should they be vaccinated? Uh, what is their policy? Uh, should we see the policy? All those questions arose uh, this week and they were debated uh, during the briefing and uh, through the media this week. So I wanted to uh, talk about that because I think the debate really illustrates uh, some of the problems with the rule of law during COVID that have been developing and unfolding. And I've been uh, thinking about this a lot and, and watching and reading about uh, the different things that have been happening around the country and around the world really. And uh, this issue, uh, as it arose this week, kind of uh, connected some of those uh, things that have, have been happening elsewhere. So I guess the first point I'd probably make is that I think we can assume with almost 100% uh, certainty uh, that the judges themselves are actually vaccinated and uh, have a, a vaccine policy that is uh, sensible, that is uh, consistent with public health guidelines. The issue is not that, it's uh, should we be entitled to it? And I say no. I think we uh, I agree with the, the judges that they shouldn't uh, disclose that. They are an independent branch of government. And in fact, uh, I, I know that they did uh, send out a public uh, press release saying that the judges that would be hearing cases in the Supreme Court uh, have been vaccinated. Um, I don't even think they really needed to, uh, to make that known. Confirmation that they had consulted with uh, public health would have been uh, sufficient, I think. So what does this have to do with the rule of law more broadly? Well, think about these things, okay? First of all, there have been many new laws uh, made uh, in quite a hasty fashion during the pandemic uh, without the usual process or uh, legislative oversight that is typically involved in legislation, uh, particularly on issues that affect our charter rights like uh, these do, our mobility rights, uh, rights uh, to gather, major economic consequences, of course, in addition to all that. Uh, but think by comparison how long it took for things like same-sex marriage, cannabis legalization, Aboriginal fishing rights, uh, assisted dying, and, and many other examples to sort of simmer in the public consciousness uh, and in many cases involved uh, litigation alongside of that before they ever became laws in this country. And here we've had dramatic restrictions uh, evolving understanding of the virus, of the science around it, and uh, really relatively limited debate uh, just because of the time constraints involved. Now, uh, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, uh, led uh, currently by former Ontario Attorney General Michael Bryant, who I remember a few years ago was a very well-received uh, guest speaker uh, when he wrote his book uh, a number of years ago, he was uh, well received at the Nova Scotia uh, CBA conference a number of years ago. So uh, he's mentioned now that uh, compared to other countries in Canada, there's been very little uh, litigation 
over these restrictions and so uh, there's been very little um, you know judicial consideration uh, of the limits uh, in you know in comparison to what you know existing charter uh, legislation in fact in the Atlantic provinces there have been two cases of any real uh, prominence one was where the uh, Civil Liberties Association was involved and that was in the mobility rights case in Newfoundland and we've also had one uh, an ex parte application regarding a protest that had been planned in Halifax a decision from Justice Norton uh, so uh, two decisions both in favor of uh, maintaining the restrictions and uh, but nothing at the appellate level at this point and, and really a limited uh, limited exposure through the courts to these uh, new provisions uh, in addition, there's been not, uh, ministers of justice have not been participating in the COVID briefings. Uh, they could be there to talk about the charter impacts of these new laws as they come in. Um, just tell us how the thinking uh, into them went to have minimum impacts on our charter rights, uh, how they're consistent with you know, established legal norms, that sort of thing. I think that sort of uh, explanation would go a long way to ensuring uh, acceptance compliance uh, with the law, making sure that they're consistent with existing uh, existing legislation, existing restrictions. And collectively, I think the lack of all of this, uh, both the litigation and the explanations from justice ministers has uh, explained some of the backlash and resistance. Uh, limited maybe though it's been uh, in, in Canada compared to other places, but uh, it's still there. All of this really undermines the, the rule of law to some degree, as uh, as does the perception, of course, that you know polling data that tells leaders that if they stay tough on restrictions, uh, that's that's where the public is, the voting public, and then we, of course we see incidents uh, where you know like that with Dr. Milburn, where uh, dissident voices can face uh, retribution. So uh, you know it causes some concern that there may uh, be either not no end to the restrictions, but certainly uh, that the end of the restrictions is not going to come easily. So litigation is, is either likely or certainly not unlikely. Uh, and in fact, there's a group of 250 plus uh, lawyers in Canada that have a petition circulating now uh, calling for the immediate end of these restrictions now. Uh, I don't think that's appropriate either. I'm not persuaded by uh, their, their manifesto, which I, I put in the blog piece and linked to it there, but uh, some people will. Obviously, some people have signed the uh, petition. Uh, so... All of that is to say we may need to have these deci decided by judges at some point and uh, you know if the judges displayed their policy uh, disclosed that publicly any litigant that was bringing forth a case would look to their policy compare uh, you know argue accordingly based on on their own whatever their side of the argument they were trying to push and that's not supposed to be the case uh, the judges are supposed to be independent neutral arbiters uh, deciding cases based on the evidence in front of them and uh, you know legitimately persuasive arguments not extraneous uh, factors it's not dissimilar in fact to the case that happened out west I know certainly lawyers would be familiar with it and many in the public as well where uh, John Carpe a lawyer uh, had hired a private investigator to follow Chief Justice Glenn uh, Joyelle uh, around to his home to make sure he was complying personally with the restrictions that were then in place in Manitoba and of course this was considered a very serious ethical violation by uh, Mr. Carpe and uh, so that's uh, that you know that's a more serious example but um, you know essentially the, the less we know about judges the better uh, the system works best when all we really expect from judges is 
that they understand the law, that they make decisions based on the, the evidence and the best uh, legitimate persuasion in front of them, and, and not those extraneous factors that, uh, that we're talking about. Uh, we can and we must uh, trust the judiciary out of respect for their independence when it comes to these kind of policies, and so we shouldn't be uh, asking or, or demanding that they disclose them uh, at all. So uh, we may need their, uh, that independence uh, before all of this is over. All right, well, uh, thanks again. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted to say about the uh, judicial independence and the rule of law uh, vaccine policies for judges. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. And uh, we'll see you again soon on the Rogers Brief.